Amen. We're going to read it one more time. And then we'll take our lesson tonight. I said to myself. Hmm, come now. I will test you with pleasure. To find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Amen. I want to use for our moment of focus tonight. Uh, what are you living for? Amen. What are you living for? Amen. Dear God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the seed that's going to be planted in good soil on tonight. I decree and declare that this soil, God, will impact the lives of the people who are watching them. Let this word, God, be relational, revolutional, and revelational. In the name of Jesus, God, I give your name glory, praise, and honor. Amen. What are you living for? Amen. Uh, there are so many answers I know many of you have concerning that question. And I know uh, there are a lot of people who are living, watch this, to gain as much as they can so that when they're gone, they can leave an inheritance. And I know the Bible said that, you know, a man who doesn't leave an inheritance for his kid or children or, you know, it's, it ain't really a, a cool dude. I know the Bible says something about that. But I, I want you to understand that we're talking about King Solomon. And King Solomon was the wisest, was the richest man that was to ever live on the earth that I know of. Now, we got some rich folks now, but King Solomon was rich beyond rich. But even with all that King Solomon had, his appetite was never, ever satisfied. Well, look at what he said. He says, I said to myself, <laughs> I said to myself, come now, I want, I will test you with pleasure. See, Solomon conducted his search for life's meaning as an experiment. The first thing he tried was pursuing pleasure. And there are many of us yet saved, sanctified, and still with the Holy Spirit may not find pleasure in physical things. But we find pleasure in obtaining things. Some of us don't find pleasure in obtaining things. Some of us find pleasure in reaching goals. You, we, we have be, Some people have become addicted 
addicted to goal reaching. Till it's really not impactful anymore. And then until it really doesn't mean anything now. It's just another notch on the belt. The, the question is tonight. What are you living for? Not who. But what are you living for? There are many people who find pleasure. And having a good, having a reputation. Some people are living to make a name. Come on, talk back to me. For themselves. And watch this. And did not the Bible say, <laughs> didn't the Lord say that I will make. Y'all ain't talking back to me tonight. He said, I will make your name great in the land. So if God said, that I would make your name great, then why are we struggling trying to get our names in lights? Come on, talk back to me. What are you living for? Are we living so that people can talk about us everywhere we go? Are we living to have our ego stroke? Are we living to make sure we don't hurt nobody's feelings or, 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 or we fit in with this and we fit in with that? What are you living for? Solomon said, I'm going to first test myself with pursuing pleasure. And if you read it, now, if you read the whole that whole chapter, you will see a lot of the stuff Solomon was talking about, and he, and it always ended in meaningless. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. Now I know you said, Reverend, uh, there's nothing wrong with saving for a rainy day. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree if you have a four hundred one k. That's wonderful. I don't disagree if you got. CDs and real estate and you got money here and you got things there and you're doing things like that. But when those things become the number one thing, then it becomes meaningless. Come on, talk back to your boy tonight. When you're living for sure and pure pleasure, then you're leaving out the main ingredient. Because we all know that anything that's pleasurable is always temporary. Come on, talk back to me. And because it's temporary, watch this, because the pleasure that you have to be Careful with pleasure because pleasure can become addictive. And if the thing that you're living for is allowing you to feel a certain way. And then when that feeling is gone, you got to go back forward. Oh, come on. Talk to me. <laughs> because if you're not 
careful in what you do. The thing that pleasures you can become habitual and then you become addicted to it. And so now you have to do the thing that made you feel the way when you did it over and over and over again. But then Solomon even said, it don't even make a difference. So he tried pursuing pleasure. He undertook great projects. Come on, talk back to me. He, he, he built a temple and he bought slaves and herds and flocks, amassed wealth, acquired singers, added many women in his harem and became the greatest person in Jerusalem. But none of those things gave him, watch this, satisfaction. Because there was an appetite there. Oh, man. And when you have an appetite <laughs> that you seem like no matter what you do, cannot crave it, cannot curve it, cannot satisfy it, you got to go and get what you had started with over and over and over. And so to have an appetite, watch this, to have an appetite is to have a desire. To have a desire to satisfy any bodily need or craving. Come on, talk back to me. There are good Christians hmm. craving to be the center of attraction. There are good people that crave to be the one. There are husbands and wives who crave to be the number one married couple. There are people in this world who are craving after things that cannot satisfy them. That's why they keep on doing it over and over and over again because they cannot find satisfaction. That's why you got a lot of folks still smoking cigarettes. Because that temporary satisfying moment. But once it's over, they got to go back and get it. That's why we have alcoholics and folks that lie. And folks who are hypocrites. Come on, talk back to me. Manipulators. All of these things are going on because... We are trying to find a reason to live. The question is tonight, what are you living for? Solomon said, I tried pleasure and he tried even projects. There are many of you who get busy doing stuff. And we, we get busy, why? Because there's something missing. There's a void there. And because we have such an appetite 
no matter what we do, we always find ourselves doing more and more of it. That's why Psalm 34 lets us know that if, if there's a crave, if, if there's a need to taste anything, Psalm 34 tells us, oh, taste and see. Come on, talk back to me. Taste and see who? The Lord and how good he is. He is the only one who can satisfy that emptiness. I mean, have you ever, I, I remember um, <laughs> this story. <laughs> it was a story about uh, uh, two men, right? It was a story about two men. And uh, they were in the boat out on the lake. They was on the lake, not the ocean. They was on the lake. And all of a sudden, uh, water began to pour into the boat. Water began to pour into the boat. And so, you know, they wasn't really concerned about it uh, until uh, the water seemed like it started to come up. Uh, to their their thigh because they were sitting and so the water was coming up and, and so they, they had a little a metal bucket right sitting in the boat with them and so they, they said hey man listen go ahead and use the pail to throw the water out the boat because they believe that now we get enough water out the boat amen that that the water uh, the boat will be okay so they kept on throwing the water out but every time they threw water out, water was coming in. The more they threw out, more was coming in. Why? Because there was a hole in the bucket. I mean, there was a hole in the boat. And in order for the boat not to sink, they had to figure out, we got to put something, we got to close up the hole. We got to put something there to cover the void that's allowing us to sink. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. It allows the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, when you come into the ark of safety, Jesus takes on that, that void that's there and he closes it up. And allows you to float on. And so when they figured it out, they, they put something over the hole. And, and so then they begin to throw out the excess water. Come on, talk back to me. Don't you know you can only throw away some stuff when you get some new stuff in you? Oh, come on, talk back to your boy. When you get Jesus in you, all the old stuff got to go. We know what the Bible says, that those who are in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So the question is, what are you living for? What, what type of appetite do you have that keep you focused more on your problems and your issues than keeping you focused on the Lord. Are you living to satisfy people? 
Are you living to satisfy politicians? Are you living to satisfy uh, uh, certain family members? What are you living for? Because Solomon says that no matter what I do, no matter what I did, how I did, who I did it with, it was all meaningless. Watch this. So when he surveyed all that his hands had done, watch this, and what he had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. <laughs> so no matter what he did, no matter how much he obtained, it was all meaningless. Can I say this to you? Whatever you do and however you do it, make sure you do it so that God get glory out of what you're doing. Come on, talk to me. He said, a chasing, chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. You can't get nothing chasing the air. Come on, talk back to me. You can't get nothing chasing dreams. No, no matter what you acquire, no matter what you accomplish, your PhD, your BA, your MD, your whatever it is, all of that means nothing. If it's not for the Lord, if what you're living for does not include God, does not include Jesus, does not include the Holy Spirit, then why are you doing what you are doing? What are you living for? Some of the pleasures Solomon sought were wrong. But watch this. And Saul was worthy. But even the worthy pursuits were futile when he pursued them as an end of themselves. In other words, can I say this to you? Sometimes we go after stuff. We go after people. We go after things thinking these things are going to give us what we need. <laughs> we hold on to people who gives us promises like I'm going to love you forever and whatever I have is yours and what's yours is mine and mine is yours and all that kind of stuff. We chasing after things and people hoping that this is the one who's going to fill the emptiness. That this is the one that's going to make my life complete. This is the one who's going to do it for me. Here's the problem. When we do all of that, we X God out. And when we X God out, we're asking out Jesus and we're Xing out the Holy Ghost. And so when we begin to chase after that, which gives us pleasure, then we find problems. Come on, talk back to me. And then the problems become bigger than our God. Mm -hmm. 
And then, since the problem now has become bigger than God, then that's when we get in our flesh and try to work it out. And then you get thrown off. Your focus get twisted a little bit because now the problem seems bigger than your God. So, what we must look beyond our activities, watch this, to the reasons we do them and the purposes they fulfill. Let me say it again. We must look beyond our activities to the reasons we do them and the purposes they fulfill. So in other words, if everything you do, if all you do is just doing stuff and it doesn't fulfill anything, it's meaningless. Remember Paul said, he said, I, if I could speak with tongues of angels and I can give out this and I can do that and do this and do that. But if I'm doing it all with no charity, I'm just wasting my time. See, if all that you're doing, if all that you're doing have or serves no purpose, because you got to understand in the next chapter, our brother says that there is a season and a reason and a purpose for anything under the sun. So if what you're doing doesn't serve a purpose, then why are you doing it? Lord, have mercy. What are you living for? Are you living because you want to, oh, you know, my family need me. And, you know, if I don't, if I don't do this, then nothing going to ever be done. Like, listen here. Somewhere down this road, you're going to have to be able to really trust God for real, for real in all your ways. You're going to have to trust him to direct your path. Because if you are living so that others can be happy, you are wasting your time. It is meaningless. Because no matter, no matter how much right you do for folks, they will always find a reason to find the wrong. You ain't got to say nothing to your boy. That's all right. You can do a million right things. But as soon as you do the one wrong thing, that's the thing they harp on. That's the thing they look at. Every other thing don't mean nothing. So if you are living to make people happy, you're wasting your time. Family, I don't care who it is. On your job, at the church, in the community, in your neighborhood. At the grocery store, on the bus. If you're living for people, you are making a bad, bad decision. And I know you're saying, well, Reverend, I got kids, I got grandkids. I got, I got kids and grandkids too, but I'm just saying. <laughs> 
If you're living for people, you are doing it wrong. It's meaningless. I found out that people really don't appreciate you for who you are and the things that you do. No matter how often you do it. Don't you know people will walk right past you and not recognize nothing you do? And you know when that happens, you begin to feel regret. Come on. You begin to feel used. Come on. You begin to feel being taken for granted. Come on, talk back to me. You feel disrespected. Come on here. You don't feel honored. <laughs> Come on. But if what you do, you do for God, then all these other things, you ain't got to worry about it. Because what he'll do, he'll give you peace of mind. And whether somebody say thank you, whether somebody appreciate it or not, you know that what you're doing, you're doing for the love of God and God is getting the glory and he gets pleasure from that. All right. So, is your goal in life to search for the meaning of life? Or is it to search for God for life? <laughs> I'm trying to say it again here. Are you searching for the meaning of life? Or are you searching for God for life? Come on, talk back to me. God, the one who is the giver of all things. And I know you know what I'm about to tell you. That's why Jesus keeps reminding us that to make the kingdom your first choice. Make the kingdom <coughs> priority number one. Because really everything else is meaningless. Come on, talk back to me. <coughs> oh, don't get me wrong. It's good to hide things. It's good to be able to go and buy your house when you want to. It's good to be able to go into a car lot and get a car when you want to. It's good to be able to go to the store shop, get what you need, get what you want. Don't have to worry about no bills. All of that is wonderful, fine and dandy. But if we're doing all of that, getting all of that, without placing God first, it is meaningless. You are wasting your time. What are you living for? I made up in my mind. I cannot live to try to make people happy because I found out that people would never be happy because they have an unquenching appetite for more. The more you do, the more they want. They'll take it all. And won't pour anything back into you. And so what happens? We get bitter. We get angry. 
We don't trust people no more. We choose not to love again. We get closed off. We shut down. We move away from folks. We don't talk to people no more. We use COVID as a way of, hey, I, I can't even come to you. Uh, we got to keep this distance. We use excuses to find, to not even deal with one another anymore. So you have to make up your mind tonight. What are you living for? Are you living to please God or are you going to live to please people? I'm going to say like the prophet said, as for me and my house, <laughs> I'm going with the Lord. Amen.